0: Thank you for joining us for Breakthrough with Pastor Jason Stanford. Breakthrough is a place where you can find community, encounter Jesus, and discover purpose. Please take a moment to like and subscribe so you don't miss a single message. Let's go straight into the service recorded at Breakthrough Church in Cookville, Tennessee. Enjoy.
1: Uh, As they do that, you can take a moment here and turn with me when you have opportunity to the 81st, 81st Psalm. The 81st Psalm, and if you um, or if you can get on your phone, your tablet, watch on the screen, whatever, but that's where we're going to today, and we're talking about get ready for God's intervention. Get ready for God's intervention. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Buckle up. Amen. That's right. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah! Amen to that. Buckle up. Glory be to God. Thank you, Jesus. We'll just show up next Sunday. Put seatbelts. Lay, lay them down there. On. The... <laughs> amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. You know, in life, um, you know, we'll read certain things and learn certain things. And there's there are times I like to to read um, almost exclusively what I would necessarily read is nonfiction. And, and some things I like to read through the course of a year would be uh, like biographies of people. So at times I like to read a biography or, or history or something of that nature. And you learn things by when we do that, right? You learn, I'll learn things about their life, what they did, what worked, what they did and didn't work, and all these different kind of things, right? These examples and life lessons from their life that they lived. You know, we learn things because of other people's experiences, Whether just looking into history, whether reading a biography or studying about somebody's life and what they did to accomplish what they accomplished... Or what went wrong and what went south, and you know that, that those are the wrong choices to make. And we learn that from people even in our lives, maybe mentors and, and people that went before us. And there's other people in ministry that went before me that I've learned from that have spoken to my life and things you should do, you should structure things this way or be this way or, or do that or do this or so on and so forth. And I received that feedback. Why? Wow, they've been there where I've not been yet. They have, they've been farther along in something in, in the journey than I am, right? They, they've got more years upon the earth and what they've experienced in life. And so we learn from the experiences of others. Amen. Amen. Right? We, we learn that. You get on a new job and you're being trained. You're not being trained by this person that showed up to work that day for the first time like you, are you? <laughs> no? Well, that'd be something now, wouldn't it? Amen. <laughs> No, you learn by somebody who knows what they're doing. That they've they've, they've made the mistake and they're saying don't do it that way. Or they've learned to do it the right way and say this is the way you want to do it. And so on and so forth. We learn from the experiences of of others. And here in the 81st Psalm. A Psalm of Asaph who was someone who who lived in Solomon's reign. It, It appears through other scripture that validates the time of uh, that he was upon the earth. Yet the psalm here is a looking back to uh, Israel, the children of Israel, uh, when they were walking with the Lord uh, in the wilderness. And here, so, so all these years later, he is recounting this in a psalm. And what is being, what, why is that? Because he's taking lessons that are being learned and passing them on. And so I want us to understand that from the beginning right here. What we're looking at, we're, we're taking these and we're looking about some events that happened long ago to learn the lessons today for our life. So the 81st Psalm, verses 18 through 16, Psalm 81, the 81st Psalm. It says, Hear, O my people, and I will admonish you. O Israel, if you would listen to me. Here's the words of, of the Lord here. Oh, Israel, if you would listen to me, let there be no strange God among you, nor shall you worship any foreign God. I, the Lord, am your God, who brought you from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice, and Israel did not obey me. So I gave them over to the stubbornness of their heart to walk in their own devices. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. Those who hate the Lord would pretend obedience to Him, and their time of punishment would be forever. But I would feed you with the finest of the wheat, and with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. Oh, hallelujah. So here, this is looking back again to a time of of experience in Israel's uh, um, history, with those that didn't always work right and go right. And here all these years later, the Spirit of the Lord is ministering through Asaph, and here he is recounting some of these things. And you can hear the pleading of God here. Oh, that my people, oh, that my people. He's wanting to get something through to his people. Now we might say, well, what does that have to do with with me, Well, we're, this is our main text today, but let's take a quick moment and aside to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Does this matter to us? Does this apply to us? Well, it most certainly does. It says here in the verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 10, Now these things happened to them as an example, and they were written for our instruction upon the whom the ends of the ages have come. They're written for what? Now, in context, we didn't read everything, but he's talking about the children of Israel. He's talking about Israel. He's talking about Israel as a nation as, in their history as the people of God. He's talking about the things that were written about them, things that they lived through, they walked through, their, their connection with God and, and what things that took place in their life. And here Paul is saying, these, don't forget about these things. When we talk about these things, they're still pertinent to our lives today. He said, these things happened to them. As an example, they, in other words, they didn't experience everything that they needed to experience. They didn't experience God's intervention in their life the way they could have experienced. And it's not that that's just a nice little footnote of history that doesn't mean anything to us now. No, he's saying, listen, these things happened as an example for us. They were written for our instruction, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. They're written for our instruction. They were written for our instruction. In other words, this psalm that we're reading was in fact written for our instruction even this very day. Even though we live underneath a new covenant, it's still, these words are written for our instruction. That tells me this then. I'm supposed to learn something from them. They're instruction to me. It's not just storytelling. It's not entertainment. It's not trying to pass time or get your mind off other matters. No, they're written for our instruction. That means they contain things that I should know, that you should know, that as believers we should know, lessons that we should learn. In other words, God is saying this, this is my study guide to you. This is me showing you the test and telling you what you need to know. In Psalm 81 there, we didn't read the verse... Like seven, but he says, I proved you at the waters of Meribah. In other words, there are moments in time where God proved or tested his people in circumstances and situations of how they would respond to hardship. And he's saying this, this these, these words here are like a study guide to us. You know, if you ever had a teacher, a professor, God love them. We know we did when they would give us a practice test with the answers already on there or a really good study guide. Now, I had some. Now, nah, this is honest truth. I had some that put a study guide together, and they had nothing to do with the test whatsoever. I don't know if you ever had one like that, but I sure did. I'm going to tell you what. There's a special place for people like that in the world. I'm going to tell you what. Yes, amen. I got an amen right there. That's just not right. That's cruel and unusual punishment. Cry, call me up. Want me to pray for you? Listen here. I remember you. Amen. I'm just but no I did I had a professor like that in tech one time that did that I thought now what why was that why did we there is nothing like this how did they get these questions out of these answers on this study guide I'm just gonna tell you amen they they were really testing to see if he was reading amen that's really what they was doing you know but sometimes you'd have a teacher in high school or professor or or later on in life or whatever else in your schooling and and they'd give a study guide right, right and they would show you they'd show you the answers if you'll study this You'll pass. If you'll just know these things, you got it. This is how you should do it. You'll get through it. You'll succeed. When the question comes up, you'll know the answer in life. And there are things that are written for us in the Word of God, experiences, things that took place in life. In Israel, for our context this morning, things that Israel walked through, And now Asaph, right here, as he recounts these things, as we read the Word here, I see some lessons. We can find some lessons here. Some things written for our instruction. There's a study guide right here, if we'll teach it, if we'll we'll, uh, uh, think of it that way, that can instruct us what we should do in situations so we can experience God's intervention when they didn't experience God's intervention. They could have. He wanted to. But they didn't, there's reasons why. But if we'll learn from that, then we'll experience God's intervention in our life. Psalm 81 and verse number 9, what are some of these lessons? What are some lessons we can learn from Israel here? He said in verse 9 of Psalm 81, Let there be no strange God among you, nor shall you worship any foreign God. Well, here's the truth. If you want to get ready for God's intervention, you want to position yourself for God's intervention, put God first. I might even be able to say it like this, put God first always. Put God first. Now, we might say, well, yes, yes, yes. Now, we're going to get into this just a minute. Put God first. We need to put God first and keep him there. He said to them let there be no strange god among you nor shall you worship any foreign god how, how do we put something first though how do we put something first well the question is this, what has the most influence in our lives Amen. what carries the most weight in our lives what carries the most power in our lives what's the strongest voice in our lives this is how we begin to understand how we put God first. Do we compromise the our, living our lives for Him to gain the approval of someone else? A boyfriend, a girlfriend, a spouse, a friend, a, a superior at work. You know, and you know I, I know the Lord don't want me to be that way, but you know, this is what I can do. God, this is what I have to do to get ahead. This is how you survive here. You know, I, I was talking to somebody one time in. I was a college pastor, and this student came, wanted to talk to me about something, and so we, we sat down to talk, and he wanted to ask me asked me a question about what I thought about him joining a certain group of people, a certain organization. And it wasn't a Christian organization. And, and he asked me, what are your thoughts on that? Well, what are your thoughts? And, and he had a heart that he wanted to serve God, and, 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 you know, he did, but, you know, there was an allure here to him. So he asked me, he said, what, what, what do you think about it? I'm just, what do you think about it? What do you think about it? I mean, I give him, give him kudos for actually caring what, what maybe God would think about it, and he's just trying to find some things out. So he's asking me about some things, and so where are we going to talk about one thing or the other? And I remember in the, in the, in the process of talking about what, well, why, and why do you want to be a part of this, and why is this? Because I, I'm familiar with the organization. And I know there's not much righteousness in the organization. I, I you know, uh, I can tell you on one hand the number of people that have walked into such an organization that love God and walked out the same way loving God as they did walking in. Okay, I, I just, I've seen it, you know. So I'm asking, I'm asking a lot of questions to them. And I remember somewhere along the, along the way, it hit me. I mean, just the Lord helped me. And I said, why do you want to do this? And I remember he said something to me. Well, I, I want to network. I want to network. And, and you know, and I, whatever it takes, you know, basically the I- issue was, listen, whatever it takes that I've got to do in the natural to fit in and belong with this group of people that do all kinds of things that are really opposite of really living righteously to get you ahead post-school, post-graduation, right, get you a job and network and all these things. And I remember right on the, I said, uh, I said so what you're really telling me is these people can do something for you that you don't believe God can do for you. I mean, it was crickets. Amen. And I never thought about it like that before, but on, I just right on the inside, it came to me. What you're saying is they can do something for you that God can't do for you. In other words, you don't think God is big enough to put you before the right people, get you a job, give you favor, get, make sure you've got a place to walk into after you graduate. You're telling me that. you tell me you have to have this to get that. Like, like God can't do that for you. I mean, Amen. Glory to God. This is true. What what was happening though? If he wasn't careful, he was beginning to put something else first. I need something else more. I need something else greater. And he was willing to compromise his life with God, his values with God, and the way God would have him to to be, to gain approval, right, and acceptance in this way. How many times has that happened in a relationship, right? Well, I know, but they... They want me to be this way, whatever. And you know on the inside, we are like, eh, no, red, red, stop sign, red flag, don't go this way. Put on the brakes. And all of a sudden, what's happening though? You know what's really taking place? All of a sudden, God might have been first, but then he got knocked down and that person got first. Your desire, his desire, right, to get a job post-graduation plans was number one, not God. That's the, I'm going to do whatever i got to do to do this. This is what I'm seeking. This is what I'm searching. This is what I want. Exodus chapter 20. Here the Lord through Moses is saying these things. And it says here in verse number 3, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And so on and so forth. He talks about that. We also know that in James. But I, I want to pay attention to these words right here. You should not worship them, now notice this, or serve them. For I am what? The Lord your God. The, the word worship there would be to bow down to, submit to, to honor. The word serve here would mean to work or to be enslaved unto. It's talking about work. Literally something you're doing. To, to force to do, have to do. Now, you might read this scripture and you think, well, what does that have to do with me? I'm not going to serve Bubba. I'm not going to serve Buddha or Bubba or anybody else. So what does this have to do with me, right? You might think that. We might. I'm not going to serve a foreign god. I'm not going to serve somebody else. I'm not going to do that. There's greater application of this scripture than we realize. He says, you shall not worship them or what? Serve them. Serve them. Now, put your seatbelts on. Because I don't want you to leave after I'm getting done saying what I'm about to say right now. Amen. I want you to be buckled in, make it a little hard on yourself to leave. <laughs> glory to God. Amen. Lock the doors back there. All right. Glory to God. All right. No, I'm just kidding. Serve them. This happens in our lives more than we realize. work. You're not going to work for them. You're not going to work. And it has the picture when it says, serve them, that this is what you're working for. This is who you're working for, that this is what is consuming your life. Okay. And you're being forced to do it. I got to do it. I, I have to do it. Oh, how many times now listen again, there's grace. Amen. there's grace. God gives us grace and he helps us in every season of life. And all we can do is start wherever we're at and say, God, help me make a plan forward from where I'm at to where I know I need to be, okay? So if you find yourself in a situation. But if we're not careful... Now, again, we think about this as Buddha or some other fake foreign god, false thing. No, no, we're not doing that. But if we're not careful, we disobey this verse much more in our life than we realize. It says, you'll not what? Serve them. How many times? If we're not careful, I've known this to happen for people. How many times in our lives do we live our lives in such a way, with no margin in our lives? But all of a sudden now, you know what to make. You know what for the mortgage, for the, for the car, for the vacation, for this. I gotta work seven days a week. I gotta miss every church service. I don't have time for God. I'm working two three jobs, so I have no time to actually ever spend time with God. Amen. What's happening here? Well, this is what. What are you working for? You not We're not working to give it to Him. The kingdom. So what are you working for? Well, I'm working for the house. I'm working for the cars. I'm working for... What are you serving then? What are you working for? Amen. He said, you shall not what? Serve them. We're not supposed to allow anything to consume us to the point that we can no longer serve Him or give Him anything in our lives. Sometimes, listen... um, uh, we can, if we're not careful, you can serve your kids. Well, they want to do this and they want to do that. And you know what? They want to be a part of this experience and this event. And they want to travel all the time with this. And so we're never in church and we don't have any money to ever give to the king because, you know, we're spending it all on this, this, and this, and this. Again, nothing, nothing's wrong with a home. Nothing's wrong with cars. Nothing's wrong with vacations. Nothing's wrong with kids' experiences. Don't miss it, Nothing wrong with that. But if you're not careful... You can go decades of acting like this and living like this, and all of your time working wasn't for the benefit of God's kingdom. It was for stuff. Amen. Don't shut me down. I mean, I know. I get it. I get it. Okay, listen, I'm telling you. Don't unclick it just yet. We're almost done though. all right? I know we're, we're flying in the airplane. There's some turbulence, and the pilot's got the seatbelt sign on. Okay, it's all right. We're going to get to smooth skies in a minute. We're going to shout before the end, all right? Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But you shall not what? Serve them. Well, I, I've got to work every Sunday because I just got the bills i got to pay. And, well, listen, what are we working for then? What are we really serving in our lives? What are we really giving? Listen, here's what we have to spend. Our time and our money. Really, our time. And we're giving our time to earn money. And then what do we give it on? You know, what are we spending it on? Again, there, there's, we can find ourselves in situations, right? We can, we can make decisions out of whatever we have to do, and we get ourselves in a moment, but God is merciful and gracious, and we can say, you know what, Lord? Yeah, that's right. I've missed out on some things spiritually, you might, you could be so worn out from it. And listen, I get it. I, some, there are seasons. Again, I'm not talking about seasons. I'm talking about lifestyle. There have been seasons in my life. There was a season in my life I had four jobs. That's, that's the honest truth. I had one full-time job and three part-time jobs. That's the honest truth. And sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do in life, right? Take care of your family and provide and do all these things. Absolutely. Don't misunderstand. There are seasons of that. But in the middle of that season, we're looking, Lord, how do I get out of this season into another season? Right? So I have more freedom and I'm okay and I can take care of this and, and it's okay. And and, and and so I can get past this one. So now I'm freed up a little more to serve you and and and, 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 and have my Family serve you, and we can point to you, and and we can look to you in a greater way. How could I do that? And the Lord is merciful and gracious, and He'll help you. He'll help you. He might give you a new job. He might give you a a, a higher-paying one. or He might. There's no telling what He might do. He might give you a raise, but don't consume that. That raise is there to give you margin in life. What happens is, is then, you know, it's what happens. Well, Lord, help me, goodness gracious. This came to me the other day. This really came to me the other day, and I'm like, well, that's good, Lord, but, you know, you tell them that. All right. You know what I'm saying? You know, I don't have to. But, you know, this is people say, well, I, I want to I have a heart to give. Let's say this. I have a heart to tithe. Right. Ten percent. And if you just come into the kingdom and you're like many Americans and you've already lived at the margin financially. You don't even know how you're going to start that. Right. I mean, you know, I'm like, how do you even begin that? I mean, really, you know what I'm saying? I'm mean, at the limit. I just barely made it, right? I mean, I got the mortgage, I got the car payments, I got the kids' fees, I got this. I mean, what, what in the world? You know what I'm saying? It's, sometimes you're at the limit. So, how do I even start that? How do I even get that? You know, if you'll, be, if, you, well, if you'll find something, a couple things. One, you just, the Lord will speak to you. He'll show you some things you can sow, give. You don't need anymore. You could sell, or you could give it away. There's things to start, right? Because He'll give seed to the sower. But how do you begin to mar- build the margin life? Here's what'll happen you, you'll get a raise. And then think, hey, we can now do this. And we can now buy that. And we get, no, 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 no. no. What you got to do is when you got the raise, now we can give 2%. Now we can give 4%. Now we can, now we were at 6 and now we can go all the way to 10 Now we, that's what it's there for. And if you'll do that, all the rest of those things will come in droves to you later in life. If you'll just get everything right there, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. One of the most important things you can ever teach your children. I don't know how. I didn't even mean to get on this this far. Is I'm gonna be honest. With you, is how to tithe early. I'm gonna be very very. It's one of the greatest heritage that I have in my family that I was taught. You know why? Why that is? Because you. It's less of a big number when it's early in life. You know what I'm saying? That's, let's just be honest. You know what I'm saying? If you can teach them on their little part-time job, it's a whole lot better, right? For they get married and they get a house and they got to buy all this stuff and they, how in the world do I have? Then it's a bigger ordeal. But if, you, if it's always built in, then you don't ever over, um, overextend yourself beyond the point of being able to do that, you see. Glory to God. These are important lessons. But even if you haven't learned that till later on. God is merciful and gracious and He can take us right where we are now and help us get right to where we want to be because He's looking at the heart and if we'll just start somewhere, the Lord will help you. Oh, the Lord will help you. Glory to God. But this is how we get here. But this is the thing. We serve stuff sometimes and we don't realize when He says, well, put no God before me to worship them or to serve them and we think, well, no, yeah, we, we serve Jesus. We believe that He's the one true God. Well, praise God for that. But if we're not careful, he's not really first. What are we working for? I I can't take a day off because I have to pay this. Well, then you are enslaved to this. Amen. Amen. Again. I've been there. I've been where you're at. I've already shared that, right? I've been there. You're just trying to figure it all out and make it. But thank God, God will bring you out of a season. Again, I'm not talking about a season of life you're in. I'm talking about perpetual lifestyle year after year after year after year after year. year. Hallelujah. Put God first. This is very important for us in our lives. Matthew 6 and 32 to 33 says this. Do not worry then. Saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? Right? The stuff of life. Verse 32, for the Gentiles, people without God. Eagerly seek after these things, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first what? His kingdom. didn't just say seek His kingdom. It said seek first His kingdom. And His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. But what? First place. And there are ways that we need to truly understand He is truly first. That means everything we got belongs to Him. He says sell it, give it away, we sell it and give it away. We, he, he's, whatever he says to do with whatever we own, whatever we possess, whatever we have, we've got to live with a very loose grip on stuff. Why? Because we won't follow him. Hallelujah. Yes. But we know, we know serving him, he'll add whatever else back to us, greater than we ever left us. Hallelujah. Yes. But praise be to God, we just want to put him first in everything. Yes. Hallelujah. And we don't want to allow things of life to squeeze out our time with Him, our devotion with Him, His stuff, His kingdom. Well, you know, I like to serve in the church, but you know what? I mean, I just tell you, man, I, I don't have much left. I mean, I don't have... I can't do this or that from the week that's over, and I can't do this or that. Listen, friends, okay, let's find something out here. Lord, how could I do it? Because I want to put You first in all ways. Amen? How do we show, though, That God is first in our lives. What what was God looking for from them? 81st Psalm, verse number 8. Hear, O my people, and I will admonish you. Let me read this again. Notice the cry of our God here. Hear, O my people, and I will admonish you. O Israel, if you would listen to me. He said, let there be no strange God among you, nor shall you worship any foreign God. I am the Lord your God. Who brought you up from the land of Egypt, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice and Israel did not obey me. So I gave them over to the stubbornness of their heart. I let them have their own way, basically, to walk in their own devices. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my way. Can you hear God's heart and his cry for his people? What reveals to Him that He's first in our lives? It's this truth. God's place in our lives is revealed. How do you take inventory of it? How do you measure it in your life? God's place in our lives is revealed by our heart to listen and our choice to obey. Hallelujah. This is how we know He's first. By our heart to listen to Him and our choice then to obey. The word listen here is mentioned multiple times. It's important God is saying, listen, oh, that you would just listen to me. If you just hear my words. I know what you think about the situation. I know, I know you think the situation in this wilderness is hard right now. I, I know you realize it's not the provision that you want right now. I realize that you're looking at a lot of negatives right now. I, I see what you're looking at. But oh, that you would listen to me. If you would just listen to my words. More than what your flesh is saying. More than what others are saying. If you just listen to me. Listening is very important to God. Because you can't teach anybody anything if they won't listen. And you can't help anybody in any way if they won't listen. You can know, you can tell them the exact thing to do. But if they wouldn't listen to you, you can't help them. You can see, if you'll just go this way, if you'll just take a step that direction. Oh, please, I'm telling you, this is the step to go this direction. But if they won't listen to you, then they never will take that step. If they don't take that step, they don't walk in the fullness of what you have. The word listen here doesn't mean background noise. It means to listen intelligently or to, to listen intently. Um, it really carries with it the connotation, in my words, listening to carry out instructions. Listening in such a way to carry out instructions. That's a, that's a, I, I feel like that's a really good way to really characterize what this word is trying to get across. Oh, that my people want listen. What does it mean? To, to, to hear in a way. To carry out that. I'm going to listen to carry something out. I'm going to listen. I'm listening to do something. I'm listening to carry things out. You know, uh, we, can, we can listen sometimes. Things are just happening, right? It's background noise. We're listening. It's just casual to us. And there's other times people are saying something and we're trying to really. Now, what are you saying? I'm trying to get it. I'm trying to know it. It's kind of like you don't want anything getting your attention. You're trying to hear it. It's kind of like back in the day, you know, before GPS we had as we know it today, you know. And you had to plot your course if you was taking a trip somewhere with an atlas or a map or whatever, you know. And there were times, though, we'd stop. I'd stop. I'd have to go in the gas station convenience store or something, you know, get some directions. I'm not sure about that road or this one or so on and so forth. And I'd go in there and. Uh, I'd walk in and ask somebody about, hey, what about about this? What about that? Well, listen, when they're telling me, I'm not paying attention to so and so walked in the door and what so and so's conversation is over here and what? No, I'm listening. What are you telling me? Go down to rights. You go over there and okay, yeah, go by the dairy queen. All right, I got that. You know what I'm saying? They're just telling you all kinds. Of, I'm taking everything in. I'm taking everything in. Everything they're saying to me, I'm listening. Why? I'm listening with the intent to carry out the instruction. See what I'm saying? And when you listen with the intent to carry out the instruction, that's differently than just hearing noise, right? I mean, I go get back in the car, and Kim say, well, "What do they say?" I say, "Not now, not now. I can't talk now. I can't talk now, right?" Why? You know why? Because I'm thinking about everything they just told me. I got to go down here, two rows to the right. Then I go down here, and they say, "I got to." I'm I'm playing it over and over in my mind. Why? So I don't miss a step. You know what I'm doing? I'm taking what they said, and then I'm meditating on it. That's really what I was doing. I'm thinking about it over and over. And you and I, he's saying to him, oh, if my people would just listen to me, if they would just take what my word is and play it over and over in their mind that this is what they should do and this is how they should do it and so on and so forth. Listen, if they would just do this and then obey me, oh, how it would have been different. God's place in our lives is revealed by our heart to listen and our choice to obey. He said that Israel would do what? Walk in my ways, Knowing what to do is only half the battle, so to speak. It's doing what we know to do. What would happen, though, for them? Psalm 81, keep... Reading here, verse 13. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Verse 14. I would quickly subdue their enemies and turn my hand against their adversaries. Oh, glory to God. Oh, hallelujah. Does that get anybody excited? What, why is it so important? I say get ready for God's intervention. Let's just, We'll just take a quick moment here and just wrap this up. The crux is this. We've got to learn to put God first. What we're about to find out that God wanted to do for His people. Two things we're going to say God wants to do for His people. But here's who He does it for. Remember, we're doing sort of an autopsy, if you will. We're looking back to see what happened. We're, these things are written for our instruction. What's the study God teaching us today? It's teaching this, you better put God first. I mean, first, first. First, 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 first. Hallelujah. Not 1B. Not one C, one D. He's one. There is no one B. There is no one C. There is no one D, right? He's just one, right? Everything else is a two or later, right? He's first in everything of our lives. But secondly, how do we we show that He's first? What does it mean that He's first? What's God looking for that He's first? It's that we'll listen to Him and we'll obey Him. Lord, whatever you say, we'll do it. Even if we don't understand it, even if we don't want to, even if our flesh don't like it, if it don't make sense, don't make sense to somebody else over here, we're going to follow you. We're going to obey you. We're listening to you to carry out your instructions. And friends, when you and I will do that, it will position us. It will set us. Hallelujah. It's just like me when I was trying to get directions of where I need to arrive to. If I follow those directions, I'll arrive at a certain destination on my course of life. And if you and I will listen to the study guide, if we'll listen to the voice on the inside of us, the Holy Spirit of God, friends, you and I will arrive at a destination. And one of those destinations you and I are going to arrive at is this. We'll arrive at the destination of God's intervention in our life. If you will put Him first, If you listen and obey Him, friends, He said, what did He say He would do? He says, I would quickly subdue their enemies. Oh, glory to God. I'll quickly subdue their enemies, and I will turn my hand against their adversaries. You know what happens when you and I put God first, and we listen to Him, and we follow Him? I tell you what, we go and we call Him into the game. We tag Him and says, you're it. We call him off the bench of our lives and in the game of our life, oh, glory to God, the secret weapon, that's not going to be secret to the enemy no more. And it doesn't matter what the scoreboard looks like. It don't matter if it's 50 to 0 and you're losing. Time is running out. Listen, you got a super sub. You call him in off the bench. Say, you're first. You're going to give him the ball every time. You're going to throw it to him every time. You're going to put him in the charge. Amen. Every time and say, you make the way, we're going to run right behind you. Glory to God. He says, I would quickly turn. Hallelujah and subdue their enemies. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. God's intervention into the situations and problems of our lives, if we'd have Him first, and we would listen. You know why? Because He always knows the way out of every situation. Yes. Glory to God. Glory to God. And for God, listen, God can do more for us in a moment than we could ever do for ourselves in a lifetime. Thank you, Jesus. He also says this, verse 10. I, the Lord, am your God, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. Verse 16. But I would feed you with the finest of wheat, he said. And with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. When you and I will listen for the directions, you and I will listen for the instructions, Oh, God, help us here. And we follow through on those things, friends. He will put, he, we will arrive at the destination of God's provision in our life. Oh, yes. These things are written for our instruction. And Asaph is saying to him, listen, here's what God is saying about what they went through right now as I'm recording in this psalm. For us, I'm recording these words for our admonition, for our encouragement, for our learning. He's telling the people of God that very day, that lived in that day, about these lessons. And now all these years later, Paul was saying these things are still for our instruction. And as we get a hold of them and look back, we'll see what the Lord really wanted to do for their life. He wanted to bring them a place where His intervention was foremost in, his, in their life. And also, listen, His provision was there for them. He says, I will feed you with the finest of the wheat. That means the best wheat, the fat portion of the wheat. It, it was it literally, some translation would say, the best, the best wheat. And he's not just going to give you a taste. He says, I'll, I'll, I'll feed you from honey from the rock. And he says, I'll satisfy you with it. When you're satisfied, it means you're full. You've got all that you want, all that you need. It's, it's not just a little taste. Well, I wish I had more of that. No, it's all that you want of it, glory to God. He says, I, I will feed you with the finest, the best. You know, like, like beef has different grades on it, you know. There's, I don't know, choice and prime, and maybe there's something else underneath choice. I don't know, but I mean, you know, there's different grades of level, right, of quality. He's saying, I'm going to give you the prime. I'm giving you the 1% of the 1%. I'm, I'm giving you the best there is. Hallelujah. That, that's what He can do for us, friends. But where does all... You want God's intervention in your life today. It comes when He's first, and it comes when we listen to Him, and we follow Him. Oh, glory to God. I don't know about you, but I want Him to be first in my life now and always. And I want His voice to resound in my spirit now and always. Hallelujah. And the more that we will yearn to know His direction, the more He'll give us direction. Hallelujah. That we can put ourselves in the right place. Jimmy's going to come, and we're going to close this service out this morning by taking a moment just to worship and honor God and having a word of prayer. Maybe you find yourself today in a situation of life that you know, you say, I've got some pretty big situations, some pretty big hurdles, some pretty big things that I'm facing. But you know what? I need God's intervention in my life and situation. Yeah, maybe I need God's provision in some way. Maybe it's not material. Maybe it's not not that. Maybe it is... Uh, maybe it's peace. Maybe it's wisdom. You just need the provision of God. You need Him to fill you with what you need. They, in that context of of what they needed at Meribah, listen, they needed sustenance physically in in a way. He'll provide that, yes. But He is our provider of all that we need. Of every spirit. He is the one who meets every spiritual need, every mental need, every emotional need, every physical need, every relational need. Hallelujah. Take the situation to him like like Mary did with Jesus at the, the wedding at Canaan. She took the situation to him and said, whatever he says, do, do it. Just take the situations of your life. Present them before him and say, whatever you say, I'll do it. I'll do it. Friends, he will give direction. Could you stand
0: with me if you will? Thank you for joining us for today's message. Please take a moment to like, rate, and subscribe. This helps us reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and ensures you will never miss a message. For more information on Breakthrough Church, please check us out on Facebook or email us at info at findbreakthrough.com. Breakthrough is located at 480 Old Kentucky Road in Cookville, Tennessee, and we would love for you to join us in person. Services are at 8.30 and 10.30 on Sunday mornings and 6.30 Wednesday nights. We offer ministry for all ages and look forward to seeing you soon.